Do you remember the first time that you ever jumped into the deep end? Anybody remember that time? Or remember when you and your kids did? Yeah? Uh, like maybe you were uh, in the shallows your whole life with mom and dad always hanging there. And then, but one day you found yourself looking over at the big kids in the deep end and you're like, I'm doing it. And you walk up, you walk, go up the high dive, all of those steps. You get out there on the board. You freak out, want to go back, maybe cry, but then decide, no, no, I'm going to do it. And you jump in and everyone's like, yeah, it's this amazing moment. Or maybe it was just at the beach or your whole life you've been making sandcastles in the shallows, but then one day you just felt this urge, like, I want to go out where the bigger waves are, you know? Or maybe it was at the lake, like you or one of your kids, you're at the lake. All you've ever done is swim around the dock. But then one day it was like, hey, dad, I want to go jump off that rock where the big kids jump off. You know, the one every lake has it where it's like into the deep waters out there in the middle of the lake. And you did. And it's this it's this iconic childhood moment that every single one of us has, because no matter who you are, you felt the call of the deep end. You felt the call of the deep end. And it's changed your life at some point. Uh, by the way, like John and Sarah said, my name is Jamie and I'm the pastor of East Cobb Church and I'm really excited about this series. I really am. I'm really excited about the series. Usually when I make a series though, um, it's a series that's like really broad, you know, like the title applies to everybody, the subject's universal and, and it's a series for everybody in the room. And I just wanted to tell you up front, this series is not that kind of series. This series is actually not for everyone. And, and here's what I mean. This series is actually for a specific person or really for a specific group of people. This series is for anyone who is interested in this right here. Anybody who wants to get out of the shallows in their faith and take a step towards something deeper with God. It's, it's for anyone of any age, any, any stage of life or any stage of faith who simply wants more. It's for anyone who senses that you too have come up maybe to the diving board or the ledge in your life and out there is the deep, is deeper waters, the things that, that maybe God is calling you to and you're considering whether or what it might look like for you to jump. The series is really just for anyone who's kind of sensing the call of the deep end. In other words, for example, that means this series is for this group of people right here. It's for the curious skeptic. If that's you, we're glad you're here. Like maybe you're not a Jesus follower or you used to be a Jesus follower. You're like, I don't know what I believe about all this. And, uh, and, and yet you're here like giving church a try. I'm so glad that you're here. I hope you have an amazing time. And believe it or not, I used to be in your shoes. And so, I mean, I, re I remember that. I remember um, that feeling of, hey, I've toured the shallow end, thank you very much. Like, grew up in church, got it. I don't need any more of that. I just wanna know if there's something real behind all of this, okay? And, and, and maybe you're there, and you wanna, like, see for yourself, investigate for yourself, and if there really is something there, if there really is a God who knows and loves you, that you might find him for yourself. And, and some part of you is wondering, how could I do that? And if that's you... Oh man, this series is for you. This is your series. I'm pumped that you're here. This series is also for this category right here, the hungry novice. Maybe we have some people that admit, I'm a hungry novice. Uh, a hungry novice, this is like maybe you recently came to faith. You recently came back to church. You recently became a Christian and you were like, bring it on. No, 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 no. You know, you were just like excited. Jesus is newer to you. I remember being there. It's amazing stage of faith. And um, you were just like wanting more. You want more of God. You want more of like his word, his knowledge of him, like more of his presence in your life and his freedom and his power, his leadership in your life. And maybe you already have someone in mind. You know what I mean? Like someone further down the road in their faith and you're like, one day I want to have a faith like them. And some part of you is wondering, I wonder how I can get there. If that's you, 
This series is for you. I'm so glad that you're here. There's one final category that the series is really for, though, and that's this right here, the restless veteran. Anybody want to be like, yeah, I'm a restless veteran in the room? Uh, maybe not. Uh, but this is, a, this is a category that I find myself in and really identify with now at my age and stage of life. And uh, this is like you've been following Jesus for a while. And, and, and in your time, you've maybe blown past some really cool landmarks in your faith. And now you're here just wondering, like, what's next? What's What's next for me? Or maybe you've been following Jesus for a while and you feel like you kind of plateaued. You know what I mean? Anybody there? And, and you feel like, I kind of gotten stuck in my faith. And, and, and Jesus has kind of started to feel a little bit more like a routine than an ongoing and, 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 and engaging relationship. And, and, and maybe sometimes you feel like your closest days with Jesus are more memories than they are present realities. Like you remember days when you felt closer and you had like more of a fire but you're sitting here today and you're like, I'm not cool with that. Well, if that's you, the series is for you. I'm really excited about these next three weeks. Who the series may not be as much for, and this is the disclaimer. The series, this that we're gonna go, it may not be as much for the happy camper. It just won't be as much for you. It is not as much for somebody who's just happy where they are. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't mean to say like, it's a bad thing. I want you to be happy, right? Like we really believe that if you follow Jesus, he'll make your life better and make you better at life. So if you're here and participating and doing your thing and you're like, man, I'm happy. I'm really enjoying it. I'm happy. I'm really happy. All I'm saying is this series just isn't as much for somebody who's setting up camp where they are in their faith or where they are spiritually. It's not as much for someone who's just content kind of for the shallow end or for whatever they happen to be in their faith. So, so if you are in that category, if you are in that category, it's okay. It's great. We're so pumped you're here. You're in good company. Every single person in this room has been exactly where you are. And, you know, I hope this series inspires you a little bit. Like maybe it stokes a little fire in you for a little more, a desire for a little more of God than you currently have. And I hope that happens. Um, and you, to be honest, that's what I suspect is going to happen. If you're thinking, man, I think I'm a happy camper. I suspect, I suspect that at some point in this series, or maybe even today, you're going to go, you know what? Nah, I'm not one of those. No, 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 no. I'm one of these, uh, or at least I want to be one of these. And here's why I think you're going to feel that inside of you. Here's why. Because you've been to the beach, and you've been to the pool, and you've watched The Bachelorette. You know what shallow is, okay? Okay. <laughs> You know what shallow is. You know what the shallows are like, and you know that they're not enough for you. You know it. You know that, yeah, the shallows are safe, and yeah, the shallows are easy, and yeah, the shallows are well-populated, but you also know that they don't age well. They don't age well. They very quickly become limited. They very quickly become boring and elementary, and they very quickly become not enough for you. Nah, it's the depths it's the deep end. It's the depths. That's where the real stuff and the powerful stuff of life is. That's where the stuff is that you never get over. And that's why since we were little kids all of our lives, we've always looked towards and, and felt something in us drawn towards the deep end. And not just at the pool, not just at the ocean, but like in, in, in life. And here's what I know. Here's what I know. You know, this is true. Anytime in your life, when you've made that step or you've made that jump and gone from the shallow end to the deep end in any category of your life, here's what I know. You've always been grateful and you've never wanted to do what? Go back. You've never been like, oh, I'm just going back to the shallow. You've never wanted to go back. And that's true of your relationships. It's true of moving out of the house and being independent. It's true of your career. It's true of all kinds of things. But it's 
also true. It's also true of the realm of faith. No matter who you are, whether you are a Christian or an agnostic, or you're not sure what you believe, or you're dabbling in some other religion, that's awesome. But no matter who you are, you want something real. You want something with depth when it comes to God and to uh, morality and into your worldview. None of us wants the shallow end. Not a single one of us. None of us wants the shallow end. And, and here's the reality. It's not just that none of us wants it. Here's the reality. Especially if you're a Christian, you can't afford to stay in the shallows. Just a warning. You can't afford to stay in the shallow end. And you know why? Because the shallows, they won't keep you engaged. The shallows aren't going to keep you in church. You know that, right? The shallows, they're not going to capture your heart. The shallows aren't going to compel your intellect. The shallows aren't going to impress your kids. The shallows are never going to make you the kind of person you want to become. The shallows are never going to develop in you a faith that blesses our community. That's the deep end. That's the deep end. And that's why we all want it. That's why we all want it. And this series is about discovering it and exploring it together as a church, as friends, as neighbors, as a community. I'm really excited about it. Now, I understand that uh, in the same breath that I say that, you might be going, well, hold on a minute. Getting deeper in my faith, getting out of the shallows, that's your job. <laughs> Isn't that your job? I mean, come on. Or hey, maybe let's not give me too much credit. Isn't that like Andy's job? You know, that's our senior pastor. You know, isn't this church's job? Isn't this church staff's job? Isn't that like the whole point? Isn't like your faith and growing your faith in the same category as stuff like, you know, your taxes and plumbing and surgery and flying, like things you get other people to do for you, you know? Uh, totally valid question. That's what I'd be thinking too. And, and, and to be honest with you, for the longest time, I also thought that. I would have said, yeah, absolutely. I mean, having faith, that's your thing. But like growing it and deepening it, Totally somebody else's job. That's why you go to church. And I thought that until I read the passage in the Bible that I want to read you today. I want to read you an excerpt from the book of Hebrews, a letter found in the New Testament, written by an author that's unknown. Many people think it's Paul. Most people think it's Paul the Apostle, but we don't know. But this letter, it's in the Bible, it's in the New Testament, and it, and it was written to a group of Christians who were looking for more. A group of Christians who not only were looking for more, but they were looking to this author to give them more, to grow and deepen their faith. They're like, hey man, we want some more. And I want you to hear what he says. I think you need to hear, I think we need to hear, I think I need to hear what he says right in the middle of this letter for four chapters. He launches into who Jesus is and what our faith is about. And he's like inviting them into all the depths of who Jesus is and what he's done, what he's up to in the world. He's like, let's go. But then weirdly, I mean, weirdly, in the middle, he just stops. Calls like a Zac Efron timeout. Not Zac Efron. Who's the other guy? Zac from Saved by the Bell. Timeout. And uh, whatever. We'll edit that out. Um, <laughs> and he's like, wait, hold on, hold on. He stops in the middle and then he says, he says these words. I'll put up on the screen so you can read them with me. He says, there is much more we would like to say about this. I got a lot more to say. I've been on a roll. And there's much more that I would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since because you have become dull of hearing. What if you got insulted by the Bible? Ugh. Here's what he's saying. 
from the perspective of someone who's trying to grow them, who's trying to pastor them, who's trying to take them deeper. He's like, hey, I want to take you deeper, but I can't. Guys, I want to take you deeper. I got a whole lot more to say, but I, I, I can't. And it's not because of me. It's because of you. You're getting in the way. Everybody say, you're getting in the way. Oh, that was weak. That was okay. We'll get better than that. We're getting in the way. He's like, you're become, you've become dull of hearing. Or another translation says, you become slow to learn. You become slow to learn. He's saying, I've done my part. I'm doing my part. I'm doing everything that I can do. I'm doing my part. Church is doing its part. Sermons are doing their part. Songs are singing. They're, they're all doing their part. But you, you're not doing yours. And it's getting in the way. It's like, it's like keeping you in the, in, the, in the shallow end, or it's at least it's keeping you from the depths that you want to experience and more importantly that God has for you. I want to take you deeper, but I can't. In East Cop Church, I think it's possible. I think it is probable that what was true of them could be true of many of us. What if we are getting in the way? What if we're getting in the way? What if, what if we have everything we need? Like, what if we're getting everything that we need from our pastors and from our church and from the resources that are all out there and all, this, all these experiences that we can have? What if we have everything that we need, but there's something that we're doing or something that we're not doing that is holding us back? What if there's a change that many of us need to make right now that unless we do, listen to this, no amount of sermons and no amount of songs and no amount of podcasts and no amount of anything else is gonna be able to take us deeper. What I'm going to propose today is that that is, in fact, the case. And that's what this series is about. This series is about three things that we need to start doing, three dials we need to start turning in our faith, three roles that we need to start playing in our faith if we are going to get out of the shallows and take a step or even dive into the deep end in our faith and experience a deeper relationship and knowledge of God. And the first one of them, three things that we're going to look at, is found in this passage. And that's what I want to look at today. So let's keep reading it. He said so far, he said, hey, I, I want to take you deeper, but I can't because of a step that you have yet to take, which begs the question, okay, well, what step, man? What, what step haven't we taken? What, what do you want us to do? And he's like, here it is, this step. And, and what follows is probably one of the most savage insults in the whole Bible. He, uh, he says, okay, well, I'll explain. Uh, in fact, though by this time, I've known you guys a while. It's not our first rodeo. It's not our first day. not our first Sunday. By this time, you ought to be teachers. Like you ought to be experts. You ought to be advanced. You ought to be like turning around and doing what I've known you for other people by now. But no, instead you need someone to teach you the elementary, elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk. Everybody say milk. milk. Oh, that was good. Good job, guys. You need milk, not solid food. He's like, hey, you, you want to know what your problem is? You don't want to know what you need to do? You need to act your age. <laughs> and you remember when people used to say this to you? Oh my goodness. This is one of the worst things I think I could have ever heard when I was a kid growing up. I mean, no matter what age you are, this hurts, this stings. Because like, I have a five-year-old. When you're five, you don't want someone calling you a baby, do you? Nuh-uh. When you're in high school, you don't want someone thinking you're acting like a middle schooler. No way. When you're in college, you don't want people thinking you're acting like you're in high school. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. I want to act my age and I want people to think that I do. And as we get older, that desire doesn't change, right? 
it might become less about your actual age. It becomes a lot more about your stage of life. Not just your age of life, your stage of life. Like for me, you know, I'm 41. And it's not like, oh my gosh, I want to be 41. You know, I might actually prefer to be 31, I guess. But, uh, but I, you better believe I want to live up to being a dad. I want to live up to being a husband. I want to live up to being a, a pastor. I want, you to, I want people to perceive that I live up to my station in life. Yeah. And, and same with you, you know? Y'all in your 20s, you want people to think you're acting like you're in your 20s. That you're like cool and trendy and professional and you got it going on. You know, in your 30s or whatever, maybe starting a family and a career. Uh, you want people to think that you're doing well and you got it figured out, like you're going somewhere. And when you're in 40s, 50s, 60s, you want to appear and seem to be successful and established. I mean, you might prefer to be physically in your 20s, but you don't want people to perceive that you're relationally and financially in your 20s. No way. You want to you act your age or you want people to at least think you're living up to your stage of life. We all want to act our age. We all want to live up to our stage of life. And, and so the question that jumps off the page from this passage, it's a pretty hard one. It's kind of a gut punch. It's not a nice question. The question is simply this. Are you acting your age? I don't like people asking me that. And, 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 and no one likes to hear that they aren't. But that's exactly the criticism that he is leveling at these people. In case you missed it, it was right here. He said, you need milk, not solid food. I mean, that's a, that's a jab. He's like, y'all are acting like babies, okay? But there's also a really important truth in here that I want to make sure that we don't miss. Here's what he's saying. Here's, here's what he's trying to teach them and what I think God wants to teach us today. He's saying, hey, you, like, you know how there's a natural progression physically when you grow up, you know? Like you start as a baby, you grow into a toddler, and then you go from like a child to a teenager, from a teenager to a young adult, to an adult, to an elderly person, and so on and so forth. He's like, hey, in the same way that there is a natural growth progression physically in your life, there's supposed to be one spiritually. There's supposed to be one spiritually. Like when you first become a Christian, it's like you're a little baby Christian, you know? And you know, all you're doing, you're just like showing up at a church, lapping up the milk, just like, just like eating the basics and getting to know the basics about God, like God is, and he loves you, he has a plan for you, and said Jesus to die for your sins, and so on and so forth, and it's awesome. And that's what you're doing when you're a baby Christian. But like many of you have done at some point, I mean, hopefully... You progress on beyond that, right? Like maybe you get a Bible study or you pick up a theology book or you go to a conference and you, you start like sinking your teeth into some more solid food, you know? Like what's God's will for my life? How do I, am I supposed to love as Jesus has loved me? What in the world does it mean that God's a trinity? How do I walk in the Holy Spirit and his will for my life? And you know, like stuff like that and you, and you start to grow up a little bit and then on and on and on. Same principle applies, by the way, even if you're not a Christian, right? It's not, it's not a Christian thing. It's just a people thing, right? Like everyone, all of us, we start out um, with the basic, the same basic questions about God. And we all also start out with shallow answers. But at some point you hope, I mean, the hope is at some point you read something or you have a conversation with somebody or you do some research and you move beyond just random opinions to something solid. It's like meat, you know, like a, like a coherent worldview that's actually backed up by something. It's a, it's a natural progression spiritually that's supposed to happen in the same way that we all understand that it is happening and has happened physically. And when it doesn't, things go wrong. When it doesn't, things get weird and unhealthy. It's not good for you. And the problem, don't miss this, the problem 
with these people is not that they were drinking milk at some point. That's not the problem. The problem with these people, the writer of Hebrews is saying, is that they started on milk a while ago and after all this time, they're still doing what? Yeah, they're still drinking it. He's like, that's not good. This image is meant to leave an impact. That's the point of this. It's meant to be like a, ooh, that was quite an image. It was a powerful image. Though sometimes, because it's the Bible, we just, you know, we kind of just pass by things. It's like, you know, thou art on milk and shalt be on solid food, amen. And we just kind of let it go. Well, um, so in, in, in order to maybe bring this alive a little more, I, um, I would like to show you two scenarios to try to create the impact that I believe the original author of this text wanted it to have um, for us today. So if you don't mind, would it be okay? I'd like to show you two exhibits, exhibit A and exhibit B, and get your impression and your reaction to that. Is that cool? Can we do that today? Awesome. All right, so for exhibit A, ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome to the stage the daughter of our student director, uh, Dane, and his wonderful wife, Emmy. This is Lucy Viker. Hi, Lucy. Oh my gosh, deer in the headlights. Hey, girl, it's me again. It was a little earlier last time. Are you still hungry? Okay, hi. Let's tuck that arm under there. Okay. Say hi. All right, here is exhibit... A. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, yeah. Snack time. <laughs> Look at you. You're so cute. She's adorable. East Cobb Church, what do you think of Exhibit A? We love Exhibit A. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, you heard that? That was for you. I heard someone go, aw. I heard someone say it's cute. Because that's what this is. At a minimum, you're looking up here going like, yeah, that's totally normal. I mean, maybe not on stage at church, but like that's, that's normal. This is what babies do. Babies drink milk. That's what they do. It's normal. Okay. That's exhibit A. Y'all give a, a round of a gentle round of applause to okay, you keep Lucy. Oh, I, I do? Okay. No, nope, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take the baby first. Oh yeah. You take the, yep. She's probably going to want to finish that. She is. All right. See you girl. Thank you, Lucy. Exhibit A. All right. Now, okay, here we go. <clears throat> For exhibit B, Please welcome to the stage, local high schooler and one of our students at Inside Out, and an amazing all-around guy, Johnny. Johnny, what's up? Johnny. All right. Um, so I brought Johnny here to be Exhibit B. Um, by now, since we've had a service already, he knows what's about to happen. Um, I lured him here with like, hey, you'll get free breakfast, and we'll give you like a gift card or something, and you'll be a sermon illustration. And then he was like, what have you done to me? Um, Johnny, thank you for being Exhibit B today. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> You and I are going to need counseling when we're done, but it's okay. Uh, so if you could help me by sitting right here. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, amen. Hey. And uh, your, your job with Exhibit B is just to just, just drink some milk out of this thing. Can you? Uh, we, didn't, we didn't. I don't know if we. You went to milk. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it. Not again. I can't. Um, everybody take a breath. What, what's your reaction to exhibit B? Yeah, weird, like, ew, like, oh my gosh, can I leave, please, check, please, you know? Uh, real quick, I know it's obvious, but tell me, why is exhibit B weird? Yeah, because he's too old. You're 15, no, that's 16, right? 15, 15. We, we established this last time. Um, 
15-year-olds don't drink milk from a bottle. That's not what they do. They don't drink milk really at all unless it's for like a beverage at lunch or something like that. They eat other foods. And when, you, when you're watching it, you're like, ah. Uh, but this is why. He's 15. All right, give it up for Johnny. Thanks, bro. Good man. Appreciate you. Okay, see, that is the image of the verse. If you're feeling weird, if you're feeling awkward, you're feeling it right. That's his whole point. He's trying to create this emotion in you. And again, the problem with these people, it's not that they were drinking milk at one time. It's that after all this time, he's like, you're still drinking it. Exhibit B. And the question that I think could be a game changer for many of us, maybe needs to be a game changer for a lot of us, is simply, what about you? What about me? There's a progression spiritually that's supposed to happen just like the one that automatically happens physically. And the question that I want to ask you this morning, where are you? There's a progression spiritually that's happening in your life, or at least it's supposed to be happening in your life, just like it's been happening physically. And my question to you this morning is, where are you? Where are you? And more importantly, how long have you been there? How long have you been where you currently are spiritually? Like, hey, I know some students in the room. How long have you been where you are spiritually? People in your 20s, I know you graduated college and like life's going on, but like, yeah, how, how long have you been where you are spiritually? Parents in our 30s and 40s, leading families, maybe leading work, departments, stuff like that. I, you're amazing, but like, how long have you been where you are spiritually? Empty nesters, we're all looking at you, 50 plus crowd going like, man, you got it made, you got it all, it's amazing, but yeah, yeah. How, how long have you been where you are right now? Spiritually? And I bet for a lot of us, like me, the answer is a while. Or for some of us, we'd say a long while. Or for some of us, if we were being honest, we would say for as long as I can remember. I think many of us, maybe even most of us are in there somewhere. I know I am. And you want to know the thought that I had this week as I was preparing this? It wasn't a great one. My kids deserve a better answer than that. Like, I got four kids. You know, we're in that young stage and 98765. And they're asking big questions about God and, and the world and, and faith and Jesus and the Bible and like, what is the craziest questions, you know? And we're not too far away. Before we know it, we're going to be in middle school and they're going to be going through that crucial process of making their faith their own. And you know what I'm thinking? By the time we get there, the answer better not still be a while. That was my thought. I mean, don't our, don't our kids deserve a better answer than that? Don't our spouses deserve a better answer than that? Like, hey, men, just, I mean, identifying with you. I mean, don't our wives deserve, don't our wives need a better answer than for as long as I can remember? Or, or everyone, don't our, our friends or our neighbors, or our coworkers, or our employees, or the people we're randomly brushing up against life, don't they deserve a better answer? East Cobb Church, doesn't our community deserve, doesn't our community need a better answer than a long time? I think so. But hey, even if none of that matters, even if none of that matters, I think we could all agree on this, Christian or not, 
don't you deserve a better answer? Like, I, I think you owe it to you. I think you owe it to your intellect. I think you owe it to your life to have a, a better answer. Why? Because your decisions are too important. Your relationships are to value. Your example is to notice your, your influence is too great. Your moral choices are too far reaching. Your, 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 your coworkers and your employees and your legacy are, are, are far too worthy to say when it comes to matters of spirituality and God and morality and human worth and the big questions of life that I've been where I've been for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. I think we owe it to ourselves and to God and to our lives and to the people in them to have a better answer than that. And sure enough, that's what he says next. In the very next verse, he tells them how they can find a better answer. And this is principle number one of three. This is going to be required for us if we're going to get out of the shallows and into the deep in our faith and in this area of, of our lives. He says, anyone who lives on milk, everybody said milk, being still an infant, they're not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. This is his, you know, to him, this is what deep stuff, this is the deep stuff. It's his way of saying that. They're not familiar with. They don't, they don't know the deep stuff. They haven't explored the deep stuff. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use, everyone say constant use, who by constant repetitive use have trained themselves. They've trained who? Themselves to distinguish good from evil. There comes a point in every single child's life when the mom has to put down the bottle and the child has to pick up one of these a fork or a spork or some version of a utensil and start eating solid food for his or herself so that he can grow up and be a teenager who eats chicken nuggets at Chick-fil-A and then one day grow into a man who prepares his own food. It is necessary. It is non-negotiable, but it is not possible unless he, through constant use, decides to train himself, to feed himself. This is a basic principle of life. And in the same way, if you and I are ever going to grow up spiritually, if we are ever going to mature in our faith, if we are ever going to get out of the shallows and into the deep stuff that God has for us, at some point, we're going to have to decide to and be committed to and learn to Feed ourselves. At some point, we're going to have to put down the bottle and we're going to have to pick up a fork. It's the only way it's going to happen. It's the only way. But the truth is, for, for many of us who are Christians, especially among those of us who are young, and, and please hear me, I, I love you. I'm not criticizing you. I just wanted to speak some truth for just a second. The truth is, for many of us who are Christians, especially among those of us who are young, for as long as you can remember, all that you have been doing is showing up at church and just doing this. Ah. And guess what? Exhibit B? That's you. You're, you're an adult who's still living on milk. You're 17 or you're 26 or you're 41 and you are still exclusively depending on somebody else to prepare your food and, and, and spoon it into your mouth. And, and I just got to tell you, that's what's getting in your way. That's what's getting in your way. That's why you haven't progressed as much as you wanted to. Because you're still, you're still drinking milk. Nothing wrong with milk, but you're just still drinking it. 
And, and you know what's probably true of you? I don't know you, but I, I'm going to guess. You know what's probably true of you? Your knowledge of God is probably smaller than you wish it was. You probably struggle with the same sins over and over and over again, way more than you wish you did. Uh, you are probably, you know, easily rocked in your faith by your circumstances when they come along. Your relationship with God probably does this number, like it's really high sometimes and really low sometimes. And, and your influence in the world for Jesus is probably a whole lot more marginal than you dreamed it would be. And that's because that's the profile of an immature Christian. That's the profile of an adult follower of Jesus who's never gotten past this. And just like me, just like me, when I've been in your shoes, you probably don't know it. No one's ever probably bothered to tell you. It might not even be your fault, but nevertheless, you're, you're, you're 17, 21, 41, or whatever age you are, but you're not acting your age spiritually. You're not acting your age. You're not acting your age. You've, yeah, you've grown up in every other way. You're amazing. You're impressive. Look at your life. It's incredible. But in this area, you're just, you're just, just like me when I've been in your shit. You're not acting your age. And the writer of Hebrews is saying what maybe some of you have said to someone younger than you, like your kids or your grandkids. And he's just, he's just he or she is just saying, it's saying, it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to start feeding your Self, and not because, not because God's mad at you. That's not the point of this. No, it's because God loves you. It's because God has something amazing for you and he doesn't want you to miss it. Neither do you. And so the writer of Hebrews is just simply saying, hey, 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 if you wanna stop getting in the way and you wanna start getting on your way to what God has for you, then you're gonna need to put down the bottle and you're gonna need to pick up a fork. If you wanna stop getting in the way and start getting on the way, like you wanna get out of the shallows and start diving in, stepping in, exploring the deep end of your faith that God has for you, then um, you're gonna have to find one of these and start using it because it's how it works. It's how it works. And you can, you can and today could be the day, because in just a second, I'm going to give you one. But first, real quick, um, hey, veterans in the room, longtime followers of Jesus, who like really know the Bible, and you've been maybe walking with Jesus for a long time, do you know where the risk is for us in this? Here it is. Um, the risk is not that you're still like a child spiritually. No, that's not the risk for you or for me who've been a Christian for a really long time. No, you, you read the Bible in college. You studied in your 20s. You've spent time with Jesus. Like you've gone somewhere in your faith. But I just wonder, I just want to ask, how many of us have let off the gas? How many of us have started coasting? How many of us have found it incredibly easy just to hit autopilot in our faith? Because we got busy. How many of us, when I asked the question, how long you've been where you are, you were like, Ugh. A while. I, I bet it's a lot of us. I bet it's a lot of us. How many of us, this is my question, how many of us are at risk for spending the next decade getting 10 years older, but not 10 years deeper? How many of us are at risk for spending the next decade getting 10 years older, but not 10 years closer to Jesus? Not 10 years uh, more in command of the scriptures? Not 10 years more influential and in, in, in walking in this Holy Spirit in this world? How many of us are at risk for that? Not that you're a child, but that you just hit autopilot. I bet it's a lot. And maybe just maybe some of us need to wake up a little bit and re-examine exactly what our spiritual diet is because there's no way that God's done with you yet. I think he wants this next season to be the, next, the best season yet in your life. So maybe we need to pick that fork back up. And by the way, if you're not a Christian, I know one of the things that would pop into my head is uh, number one, man, this is what frustrates me about Christians sometimes, exactly what I'm talking about. Like, oh, you just believe. And, but you push past it and there's not, not a whole lot there. I understand that. Um, and I just want to remind you of this or caution you with this. It's possible that you could be in the same position. 
but just with a different label. Like, yeah, you're an agnostic or an atheist, or you know, you're, you know, you're exploring some religions, but for some of you, maybe it's not actually a sign of maturity. Maybe it's not actually because you've sunk your teeth in anything or read anything or investigated that much, um, but rather just because you're like all the rest of us and you're just kind of coasting on the basics, haven't really dug into much. And I just wanted to remind you, feed yourself. You owe it to yourself. I'm not saying you're necessarily going to become a Christian. No, I, I, but I just want you to believe whatever you believe. Or, or, and I don't want you to choose to not believe anything simply for lack of trying, for lack of investigating, for lack of like really digging in. You owe it to yourself. So let's none of us, no matter who you are, let's none of us, let's none of us settle. Let's none of us settle. The shallows are not enough for you and you know it. Every single time in your life that you've gotten out of the shallow end and gone in the deep end, you've always been grateful and you've never wanted to go back. And I'm telling you, the depths are out there. What you're looking for is out there. What God has for you is out there. But we have a role to play. And principle number one is simply this. The shallows can be bottle-fed, but the deeps, the depths, they have to be self-fed. They have to be. The shallows can be bottle-fed, but the depths, they can be self-fed. And that's why today... As we close, I want, to, um, I want to invite you, challenge you, implore you to join me in taking two action steps today. I got two of them. Number one is I want to ask you, I want to invite you to join me in reading this for yourself. I want you to join me in reading this for yourself. I know there's books you can read. I know there's podcasts you can listen to, but this passage is not about those. This passage is an invitation for you to open this collection of letters and books and start reading them for yourself, to start feeding yourself, to start getting past secondhand information and stop living on secondhand experience of God and go find your own. And I want that for you so bad. So I want to invite you to join me in doing this. In fact, and here's how we're, we're going to do something together I'd like to invite you to do to get us started. I'd like to invite you on a 21-day challenge. It's a 21-day experiment in feeding yourself. It's designed to help you go from the bottle to the fork. And for 21 days, we want to be like Blue Apron, okay? Or one of those services that like sends you the food and then you just cook it, you know? Uh, for 21 days, we're going to send you a passage of Scripture via text in the morning. It's all we'll ever do with it for 21 days. And uh, your job is just to take a few minutes and, and start feeding yourself. And uh, we're going to practice doing that with a simple method that's going to, I think, serve many of us potentially for the rest of our lives if we'll, if we'll do this. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, it's called 21 Days of Deep, and we're going to send you a text every morning with a verse, and you're going to use what uh, we call, this is a method for reading the Bible, is called SOAP. This is an acronym. So here's what you're going to do. S stands for scripture, and you're going to like read the passage, and then bam, step done. Isn't that great? O stands for observation. You're just going to find, think about it for long enough to find one thing that you think was important to your life or that God wanted you to hear and maybe make a note of it on your phone or on a piece of paper. Step done. A stands for application. You're going to think, how can I apply this to my life? I don't want to just read it. Like, what difference does this make to anything in my life? Make a note of it. Step done. And finally, P is for prayer. You're just going to talk to God about what you just read and maybe say, hey, God, help me, you know, do whatever it is that I've identified. It's called the SOAP method. And uh, I want to invite you to do this with me for 21 days uh, and we'll be Blue Apron or whatever. And you just start feeding yourself. And the cool thing is once we're done, not only will you have done this for 21 days, but now you will have, um, you built a habit and also you've kind of like started to master a technique that you can use to read 
entire books of the Bible, one chapter at a time. Books like John or Colossians or Romans. And this is going to serve you so well. It served me so well. And so uh, all you have to do is this. You have to text 21 days to 51255. And I'd love for you to do it right now. Text 21 days to 51255. And let's do this together for 21 days and just kind of jumpstart this in our life. The second thing though, second thing I want to invite you to do is also very, very exciting to me. I would like to invite every single one of you to join me in going through Starting Point. Starting Point is like a seminar, an eight-week seminar masterclass designed to help you explore or re-explore for yourself the foundations of your faith. Um, and it's, a, it's amazing. I think God is gonna use it in our lives in a big way. Uh, I also can tell you that we're gonna build on this throughout the year. This is gonna be a year of feeding ourselves and exploring our faith and investing in our faith like we never have before. And I've been asking 100% of you to participate in this. There's two ways that you can. There's a community group that we, we, we could get in. It lasts all year. And the first part of it, we're gonna go through starting point together. Uh, and, and, but if you can't do the year long thing, we are just offering just a starting point experience that lasts eight weeks or so, and then it's over. And I want to ask you to choose one of them and do it. I'm going to do it. I'm getting in a community group and we're going to go through starting point. I've already done it myself. It's, it, it, it's amazing. But these are our two action steps real quick. If you're not a Christian, you might be thinking, Hey, I don't know that I believe this. Should I do it? 100%. You read things and study things all the time. You aren't sure or true. You owe it to yourself. Just go feed yourself and make up your mind. And let's talk about it. Email me. I'd love to hang out with you. Also, if you are a really advanced in Bible study person and you're like, oh, this isn't for me. Hey, would you please, would you please lead the way in this? I need you to lead the way in this. Not even because you need to do it, but because we need you to do it. Like I need, I need you to lead the way, lead the way in your group, post about it, talk about it, be all about it and help lead our church in this direction. Cause I think God's got something extraordinary in store for us. So would you do that please? So those are the two action steps. 21 days of feeding ourselves. And let's go to the starting point and like feed ourselves by exploring our faith. Maybe like some of us have never done before. I'm really excited about that, but let's go, let's do it. God has much more to say. Many more depths to explore, but we have a role to play. Let's make sure we're not getting in the way. Let's pick up the fork and let's join it and let's feed ourselves from wherever we happen to be. I'm really excited. I'm really excited, but let's just, Hold on to this. Let's leave with this. The, 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 the shallows, they can be bottle-fed, but the depths, they have to be self-fed. So let's do it. Let me pray for us, and we'll go. Heavenly Father, thank you that you have more for us. That's an exciting thought to me, that you have more for me, that you're not done with me, that there's more maybe of you, more of your goodness and blessing and plan that I could experience. That's pretty exciting, and I want to see it. I want to experience it. Help us see that we have a role to play and give us the courage to pick up the fork in Jesus' name, amen.